what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Caregiver Community. This is an educational forum for adult child caregivers, where we hold monthly conversations about the challenges and the joys of caring for our aging parents, as well as caring for ourselves. My name is Jane Everson, and my co-host is Frances Hall. How are you doing today, Frances? I'm fine. I am so glad to hear that. Frances and I began the caregiver community because we are two of an estimated 10 million adult children who are caring for their parents in the United States. People just like those of you who are listening today, people who are caring for our aging parents, but are also concerned about ourselves. Today we're going to be talking about housing and residential options, and specifically how, how, how aging might impact the places that we call home. Most communities, I think, have an array of housing options. I know we've heard about independent living, assisted living, continuing care residential communities, which you may know of as CCRCs, skilled nursing care facilities, and I suspect many, many more. As adult children, we are often confronted with the need to help our parents choose options, and of course we want them to be safe, independent, and as happy as possible. But sometimes those choices can be overwhelming, especially if we wait until there's an emergency to begin those discussions. Here to help us today is someone who knows a lot about residential services personally and professionally. Our guest is Mr. Ted Goins. Ted has been the president and CEO of Lutheran Services Carolinas since 2000. Lutheran Services Carolinas is a faith-based not-for-profit ministry sponsored by the North and South Carolina Synods of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Wow, that's a mouthful, isn't it, Ted? It sure is. <laughs> we'll let him tell you a little bit more about that. LSC is the corporate entity of Trinity Ridge and Trinity Village, which are residential homes here in North Carolina. He is an alumnus of Lenore Rhine University, also here in Hickory, North Carolina, and he's worked his way through the field, beginning part-time as a certified nursing assistant during college. After graduating with a degree in political science, he received his nursing home administrator's license and worked for several years for a large for-profit operation before returning to serve Lutheran services as a nursing home administrator. Ted, thank you for being with us here today. Thank you. It's good to be here. We are delighted to have you. Looking forward to the discussion we're going to have. I know many of us, we talked about 10 million people, have gone through this discussion of where are you going to live, are you safe, what do you want to do in the future. I've gone through this with my parents. It started about 2013, and it's been both a confusing and overwhelming roller coaster ride. Without a map, I had absolutely no idea which direction to take. In my case, there was an emergency. In other cases, sometimes we get to have those thoughtful conversations. But let's talk about some of the things that I wish I had known back in 2012. Let's begin with some basic definitions and characteristics of some of the more typical housing options that adult children might find available in their parents' communities. First, let's talk about a concept that I'm hearing a lot about now. I've heard it called aging in place. Many aging adults, and I know this is particularly true for my mother, want to age in place as long as possible. What exactly does aging in place mean? Well, um, to me, it's all about living in the place we call home. You know, people live in a home or a condo or an apartment. We like it. We built it. 
we're comfortable there. We want to stay there. We want to stay there for the rest of our lives. We just assume not have to move uh, in a lot of cases. Uh, maybe we should call it living in place instead of aging in place. Good point. I like, um, that. I like that. I want to get off the subject right off the bat and share <laughs> another concept along with that, uh, the concept of person-centered care and services. Okay. Uh, and the reason for that is because, again, it's living in place. It's living in the place that we call home. Uh, we get to make our own choices. You know, the greatest generation, uh, uh, and, and I remember my grandmother saying to her four daughters, don't ever put me in a place like that. You know, I want to stay at home forever and made them promise. Uh, and they, they took that promise very seriously, as a lot of us have. But, you know, it seems like the new generation and, and especially us baby boomers as we come along, uh, we're not really willing to do that to our children. We want to make our it's like everything else we do. We want to make our own decisions mm -hmm. uh, and we want to do it our own way. So whether that's in one setting or another, I think uh, in the future we're going to see more and more people saying, I'm not going to leave that decision up to my children, or I'm not going to do to, to my children what my parents did to me. Right. I'm going to make this decision, and, uh, and we're seeing more and more of that as we, uh, as we go along uh, in, in our work uh, with Lutheran Services Carolinas. Uh, so really for me it's all about living in place, um, uh, no matter where that place might be. Uh, and everybody has to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. Good. I love that idea of living in place versus aging in place. That's a little different look at that. Let me ask though, and, and this can living in place can be, as you're saying, can be anywhere. But what about when the time comes that, for whatever reason, our parents decide that, that it's not appropriate, it's not okay, or we decide that it's really not the best place for them to stay in their home that they built, that they've lived in for 50 or 60 years. They really need to be somewhere else, either by choice or by need, as Jane said. Talk to us a little about independent living situations for seniors. Okay. And, and you know, um, Everyone, as I said, everyone's kind of an individual, and every individual has to decide what's right for them. Uh, my parents meet, uh, very recently made the same decision about six months ago uh, because of a kind of a health scare. Uh, and looking down the, uh, the road, uh, they're 84, and looking at what they might need in the future, uh, they made the decision to move into a retirement center, a continuing care retirement community. And I think we'll probably talk about right. that a, uh -huh. a little bit later. Uh, but uh, but so I'm living this right now, and I would definitely say I'm not the expert. But I, I do it for a living, and now I'm doing it as a family member also. So we're we're all getting that education together. Um, you know, some people want to stay in that same home that they built uh, 75 years ago, and they're going to stay there till they die, and that's great. I mean, everybody again has to make their own choice. Um, you know, some people want to move to Florida. Uh, and, and retire. Some people decide not to climb those stairs or clean those gutters. Those are things that I right. hear or mow that yard uh, that really just get to be too much. Maybe they decide to move into a condo. Uh, some decide they may want a, a more congregate lifestyle and choose uh, the independent living or retirement living, two terms that, that we kind of use uh, a, lot, uh, a lot lately. And now we have so many sub-choices. It really is about what you want to do and of course like with everything else what you can afford right. uh, because those are those are a couple of the the um, uh, things that we have to decide but you know those choices uh, can be anything from a, a continuing care retirement community to a rented apartment 
uh, in a congregate setting. So there's probably about as many uh, choices as there are fruits in the grocery store. You've just got lots of options out there, everything from a a life care community, which would be a, a CCRC, Continuing Care Retirement Community, where you buy in, and then basically that's the, a, a one-time fee uh, that covers everything uh, up to more of a pay-as-you-go system, or just renting an apartment, basically, uh, mm-hmm. in, in some of the other uh, independent living settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's lots of those different options around Catawba County. Uh, certainly. So independent living really basically means that the person is still able to take care of at least most of their needs, if not all of their their personal needs. Yes, I would say pretty much all of their needs. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you might have somebody to come in and, and, and most of those type places have uh, cleaning services mm-hmm. and, and just to make sure you're okay in the morning. Um, uh, you know, to, uh, but otherwise you can live independently. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got people in our retirement centers with Lutheran services, and I know a lot of others do that. I mean, they're still working. Uh, they're still mm-hmm. uh, active and in par- uh, in, involved in the community, volunteering. Uh, I love the ones that are still getting up and going to work in the morning, but that's mm-hmm. what they've done for 85 years. Why stop now? Right. Mm-hmm. What about um, assisted living? What is it, and how does it differ from independent living? Okay. Well, and, you know, assisted living is just that next step uh, beyond uh, independent living. This is for people who need and want supervised living. You know, they might need a little help getting dressed in the morning uh, or to safely administer their medications or even an arm to lean on to get to the bathroom. Uh, But as the name um, as the name says, that's assisted. Uh, But in contrast, you know, most of these independent living residents are completely independent. Uh, still doing their own thing. Uh, An assisted living resident really needs a little bit more supervision, uh, somebody to look in on them, make sure everything's okay, like I said, maybe help them get dressed in the morning, but can do most things for themselves. It's it's a residential level of care as opposed to a health care level of care. So it's really more about residential living, but in that congregate setting. Uh, okay. That would be my, kind okay. Of my definition. Okay, and let, and let me just make sure I understand that. So in independent living, one might be living in a house or in an apartment probably designed for people over the age of 55 or some designation that makes it independent living. In assisted living, could also be a home or a cottage or an apartment, but in lieu of the person needing a lot of medical and health care, they might need help with daily living activities, housekeeping, meal prep, maybe companionship, transportation. Would that be a fair differentiation? Right, right. And and then, you know, because uh, a lot of what we do is institutional work, then that assisted living becomes a, a, a definition uh, from a from a licensed standpoint, so mm-hmm. a licensed home for folks with that need assisted living uh, doesn't necessarily have to be. It can mm-hmm. it can happen in in the home, mm-hmm. but a lot of times that's in a licensed residential facility that's licensed as a as an assisted living. Okay. Now, what about skilled nursing facilities? And I think there's also something called intermediate care facilities. What are those, and how do they differ? Right. Well, you know, many years ago, uh, first the difference in skilled and intermediate care. Um, Many years ago, nursing homes could have, uh, and when I started, we had some of our beds were skilled nursing beds and some of our beds were intermediate care beds. And there really wasn't a lot of difference between them, but a skilled bed was was for someone that needed the services of a a registered nurse and really a full team of caregivers 
intermediate care uh, residents were those that were just slightly more well than 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 that, uh, and uh, and so they didn't need quite as much care and services. But the government really did away with the intermediate level of care in the nursing home setting. Now there's still, I think, in in uh, services to to folks with uh, mental um, uh, retardation and and uh, and some other things for younger folks. That still there is still an intermediate level of care. But in nursing homes, uh, they did away with that level of care years ago. So it really is folks that need help with probably three or more activities of daily living. So things like feeding, toileting, getting in and out of bed, things like that, that you really need a lot of help with. Again, when I started, and I'm, um, it, it's uh, amazing to say 34 years ago when I started with Lutheran Services, the first time around as an administrator in training, the, the difference in the, the skilled nursing then and 34 years later today is just tremendously different. Uh, you know, it, it was almost more like assisted living 34 years ago. Now it is uh, high-tech, high-touch, um, uh, very highly skilled uh, registered nurses and other staff that's working with people that are coming out. They might be 24 hours uh, post surgery, and coming straight to straight to a skilled nursing facility, uh, so it's really a different group of people than than what we served years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I, th- I think this may be correct, but but help me understand this more. Uh, someone could come into skilled nursing perhaps after even knee surgery or uh, having a stroke for rehabilitation might be there on a short term basis. Or someone might come to a skilled nursing facility with the assumption that it would be a long-term or permanent residence. Absolutely. There are two or three different kinds of of nursing home residents. You've got your short-term rehab. You know, know, it used to be when people moved into a nursing home, that was kind of their usually their last move. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And not a bad thing. It's just the way it was. And people might have lived there for three years. Now, um, we actually have an alumni association. Uh, we, have, uh, we have folks that are going home. We never had that before. But we have folks that are going home after a week or 10 days or 20 days of rehab from a hip or knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they're, they're going home, and then they come back to us a year later when they get the other knee done. Uh, and so we're seeing people that are coming in and out uh, mm-hmm. in a very different way. Then, of course, we have what we call our long-term residents, those folks that are really coming in with those needing help with those three activities of daily living and that they might be with us for uh, uh, for six months or a year or even longer uh, in times. And then a lot of nursing homes and assisted livings also would have a memory care unit. So there's a whole other uh, really group of folks that need the specialized services of a memory care unit, which might include uh, being locked uh, for the safety of the folks. They, they, they might have a place, they certainly would have a place to get outside, but, but not to get away. Uh, and and the, the, the uh, trained staff that's trained in how to work with people that have, uh, that have uh, dementia. Uh, so there are a number of different types of folks that can be in those skilled nursing beds. Okay. And in some cases, all of these services, assisted living, skilled nursing, and uh, even dementia care, could take place in one residential one facility. 
they very well they very well could, mm-hmm. uh, and and those lines get real blurred. You know, sometimes an assisted living resident, and, and you don't want them to have to move again mm-hmm. if they don't want to. Uh, so you try to you know you kind of blur that line to how long can we keep them safely in that setting, and maybe with some other resources coming in to help out. Uh, uh, and the same thing can happen just about in any. I mean, you can have skilled nursing care in your own home. Again, if you have the mm-hmm. the, the right okay, people and the right equipment, so it really is important in many cases to separate where a person lives and the type of services, so that it really is, as you alluded earlier, a more person-centered connection between the housing and the services. Absolutely, good mm-hmm. to know. Mm-hmm. And the CCRC, sort of to pick up on that, is really that that. Um, living community that they really can go from one stage, if you will, to the next and that progression, correct? That's right. You know, some people choose that all-inclusiveness and, and it really is, a CCRC is really a, a, a hospitality model uh, and a healthcare model uh, kind of all rolled into one because, you know, when you move in, you're moving into a system uh, where you can go from that independent living apartment uh, then you might need to go to the skilled nursing uh, facility when you've had your hip replaced. And that happens a lot. And then you go back to your apartment. Or as you move, uh, you might progress through. Uh, one of the things that we're seeing now that we never really saw uh, coming when we built these places was now um, when people want to live in place, they might want to stay in their cottage or apartment mm. until they die. And so in, in that case... We make arrangements to have those services come in and surround that person in the place they call home, which is their apartment or cottage, with anything from home health to hospice services. And it's no different than if my neighbor was uh, sick and and needed services uh, in in the house next door to where I live. Uh, uh, it's no different than being down the hall from somebody that's having those same services in an in a, uh, uh, independent setting. But, you know, back to the kind of the CCRC concept, you know, usually those come with a complete set of activities and events. Usually two meals a day uh, are included in, a, in a, a CCRC contract. And when I say contract, it really is an insurance contract um, uh, because it's, it's, it's actually... Uh, governed by the Department North Carolina Department of Insurance uh, because there is a, a kind of an insurance piece to that, that you're here pretty much for the rest of your life, whatever you need mm-hmm. uh, along the way. You know, uh, it comes with housekeeping services and, and, and uh, in, anything else that you, uh, that you can think of uh, for living. You know, some people just want a, a rented apartment in a group setting, but a lot of people do like that idea of having everything right here uh, and I can kind of pick and choose what I want, but I'm going to live on this property uh, in this setting for the rest of my life. And with these people, knowing the people who are living there also, I would think would be a real key factor. You know, I never really understood uh, for a number of years the community that develops in, a, in, in any kind of a congregate setting. Uh, and most people... Once they've made the move, especially in independent living, the, the first thing they say is, why did I not do this five years ago or ten years ago when I could have enjoyed it even more? Right. Uh, and, and that's something that we hear just about every day. But again, it's still hard. You know, when you've lived in that same home for 20 or 40 or 60 years, it's kind of hard to make that, uh, to make that call. Uh, but once people do it, 
then and they are surrounded by a new family and new mm-hmm. friends, mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, then then they're wondering why they didn't make that uh, make that call before. I had a conversation with my almost ninety six year old mother just yesterday about this very point, and she is living in an independent retirement center at this point. But the reality is, although she is still remarkable and doing well, there are some things beginning to happen that it would be really good to have a medical piece there, just someone to contact. And she, at this point, is saying, no, this is where I live. These are the people I know. These are the routines I'm familiar with. And, you know, I want to stay here as long as possible. And unfortunately, she's not in one of the options that provides assisted living without her having to move. (laughs) That's right. Those are the kinds of decisions that are very difficult, I think, for us to make with our parents. Local authors, illustrators, and storytellers come together to create Storytime Station at The Mesh. Storytime Station is a video podcast that works as a virtual storybook. Each show features a new children's book and new reader. So gather the whole family to listen, learn, and laugh at Storytime Station on TheMesh.TV. I want to return, Ted, to something that I I heard you say that um, I've heard some people express concerns about, so I'm glad to see it sounds like the field might be moving a little bit. Uh, I have several friends who either they are a married couple in a CCRC or assisted living or um, their their parents are. And as often happens, one of the couple is perhaps experiencing dementia or a different level of care. And in many cases, what I'm hearing is that the couple does have to be separated, that the services seem to be more pressing than the actual home. And I, I've got a situation now where a very dear friend of mine's mother and father are being forced to move into separate units of the facility because she needs dementia care and he does not. Is that changing as people become more, I guess, more self-determined? It, it, it absolutely is. Now, the, the, it's much easier in the independent living setting. Uh, because if you're in an independent living setting, there is very little government involvement. So if mm-hmm. you want to bring in all the help that you need and mm-hmm. and stay in your own home, that works out really well, wherever that home might be. The problem is, and we run into this too with Lutheran Services, uh, the problem is when the government gets involved. So if one, um, if one person, uh, if, if a spouse is assisted living and the other is skilled, then it makes it very difficult because there are specific criteria and the, and the licensed facility can get in a great deal of trouble mm-hmm. uh, because they uh, have, have skirted the, the rules. Sure, yes. Uh, because the rules are black and white and you can't change that. Yeah. Now, I, I'm amazed our staff, and, and I think that's true in a lot of facilities, are extremely resourceful to help people stay as long as they can uh, and in some cases, it might be that you have uh, a room in assisted living and the other room is in skilled, but you just let them stay together in one place or another all the time. Uh, that way, uh, you've met the, the letter of the law, but you've not separated a, a, a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sometimes that gets a little harder depending on the, their criteria. Uh, but but uh, I, I think certainly our facilities, and I think most facilities mm-hmm. work very hard 
not to, to have that happen. Well, it's good to know the reason for that, and it, it sounds like a, another example where our values are just a little more advanced than perhaps our, our policies and governmental procedures and something for us all to be aware of and be thinking about right. as we age ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. We've talked about a lot of different options. Are there any others that we have not talked about? Well, uh, two things uh, pop to mind, uh, uh, getting back to the first of our discussion about aging in place or living in place. You know, uh, we, we, I, I didn't mention, you know, just the wide array of services that are, that are out there uh, uh, to help people to live wherever they want to live. You know, anything from a home care, uh, and, and there's a difference between home care and home health care, right. uh, but, but, but you've got both of those options in every community in the, in the state, certainly uh, here in Catawba County. Adult daycare. Uh, is uh, is another option, you know, where where you know uh, sometimes people just need that break, and maybe it's that husband and wife, and the the husband's still working, or the husband just needs a break, and and the wife can go to the adult daycare center during the day, one day a week, or five days a week, whatever the whatever works. Um, so a lot of different options like that. Um, uh, geriatric care managers that can help. People to 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 surround them with uh, um, with whatever services they might need to stay, uh, whether it's Meals on Wheels or mm-hmm. or um, uh, in some cases it might just be to find someone that will cook those meals uh, mm-hmm. and package them up and 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 have them at the home. Uh, again, part of that depends on uh, what you can afford and what you want to afford. Uh, and then I, I just wanted to also mention because we're involved in that too. Um, a, a rather newish model called PACE, um, and we do have the uh, PACE at Home program uh, here in uh, in Catawba County, which has just been very, very popular. But, you know, that's for Medicare. It, it's very complicated, but it's for Medicare and Medicaid duly certified individuals uh, who uh, really meet the criteria for skilled nursing, um, at least at least the minimal uh, uh, level uh, for a skilled nursing patient uh, uh, placement. Um, but it's also a, a combination adult daycare center uh, where you can where they can get their meals, activities. It has a doctor's office, it has therapists. It's a, it's a nursing home without nursing home beds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also an insurance. It's another insurance model uh, because the government then in this in this instance is paying, um, a flat fee to the PACE program, and then that PACE program is responsible for all of their medical needs, period. Everything. And that includes the pharmacy, doesn't e- everything. it? Everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, hospitalization, mm-hmm. uh, whatever uh, whatever that person needs in, mm-hmm. from a healthcare standpoint. Mm-hmm. It, and as long as they have a home that they can safely live in at night. So it might just be that uh, maybe the spouse or, or a child is there at night, but the, the person can go to the PACE program uh, any day. And that's something I'm amazed at how many people don't know that exists here in the county because, you know, you don't know it till you need it. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, it's, uh, it's available right here, for again, for folks that are Medicare and Medicaid duly certified. 
um, uh, in this community. So, so really, our indigent population, uh, it's a great service well, for them. And I know we have a, a number of listeners who don't reside in Catawba County and not even in North Carolina, but the PACE program is a model that's growing nationally. So it is available in other communities, perhaps not every community yet, but right. something that our listeners should look into. A- absolutely. It's, uh, it started actually as a big city model in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And for years they said it had to be a city of that size. Mm-hmm. That's not Hickory not or... or, or, or uh, <laughs> Or uh, the um, you know or a lot of small towns in the United States, but then Columbia, South Carolina, uh, put it on the map. They said we think we can do this in a smaller community on a smaller scale and make it uh, work. Mm-hmm. And and when they were successful at that, then they've exported that model to smaller communities all over the uh, all over the country. Great. So yes, good. it is available in good. lots of lots of locations. So it really would be good for listeners to check in their community. Uh, to see if they have a PACE program. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There are lots and lots and lots of options. How in the world do people make decisions? What kind of guidelines can you offer for people to to make decisions that would be best for them? You know, I, I guess they need to call y'all. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, such a, um, it's such a personal decision. Uh, and it's such a um, uh, it's such a difficult decision for each person to make. But I, I think the first thing that people can be uh, can do is to be active and involved in their community. You know, because if you're if you're shut up at home and not paying attention to what's going on around you, you don't know what's available. And plus, you're kind of paying it forward. If you're out there volunteering at the neighbor uh, the, mm-hmm. the community nursing home, or volunteering at the PACE program or volunteering, uh, you know, with whatever uh, senior services are going on in a community, then um, then you really don't know what, uh, you know, what's out there. And, and and just by volunteering, you become, not only are you paying it, paying it forward, but you're getting educated about what might be there. Um, then, then children or other family members, uh, this is a discussion that people ought to be having uh, when they get together, uh, not ignoring until it's too late. Uh, and I'm one to talk, but uh, but uh, it's something that yeah. we can all. Always learn. easier said than done, it, but it is so far. important. But mm-hmm. but we can continue to talk about this. And then there are professionals. There are folks uh, like like you all that people can reach out to, and organizations like ours, Lutheran Services Carolinas. We we actually put in, uh, and I know a lot of folks have this kind of thing, but but we put in a, an 800 number, one 800 helping. Uh, where we can, um, we may never serve that person. It might even be in another state uh, other than the Carolinas where, where we serve. Uh, but if somebody calls that number, we'll hook them up with services in their community and at least get that conversation uh, conversation started. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, I, I wish I had the answer. Uh, but again, I think it's part of being active and involved in your community. Uh, and, uh, and and knowing what those resources are and then working with your family, whoever that is. It might be paid family, uh, uh, you know, it, uh, the, a professional, uh, but whoever you trust that can sit down and help you walk through those uh, through those decisions. I think those are some some very good guidelines, Ted, and um, I would I would just underscore how important I think it is 
for especially adult children to be aware of what is available in your parents' community before there is an emergency. I am one of many people who had the unfortunate experience of having to choose skilled nursing because my father was being released from the hospital and in a community that, although I had grown up in, I knew nothing about aging services. And my mother and I really were literally forced to make a decision within 24 hours out of a number of decisions that also were going on at the same time. If I had known more about the facilities, it wouldn't have been as frightening. It wouldn't have been as overwhelming. Maybe I would have made the same decision, but I would have made a more informed decision. We don't want to think about those kinds of emergencies, but I can tell you now my mother has moved here. I am very aware of every program available here, know a lot more about what I would choose in the case of an emergency or even just a a less emergency, but just a small crisis. And how how wise it is to go on and start finding out about those things far before you think you need it. Because when, when we need that information, oh, wow, we're having to make decisions really, really quickly and sometimes don't make the best decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's um, let's talk about financial options. Several times throughout the conversation, you've mentioned, of course, it depends upon your finances. And I know there's a lot of misconceptions about who will and who will not pay for residential services when people need it. Talk to us a little bit about that. Okay, and especially um, in the in the residential side, again, there are so many options out there. Um, and, and that's good because we're all at a different place, and it's like everything else in the world. It's what can we afford? Um, uh, and and you, you know when you're when you're paying it as you go, and especially in independent living, where a lot of that is self-pay. Um, you know you have you, you you may be looking for a smaller apartment that you can afford, or you might be able to um, uh, look at a um, a continuing care retirement community that's more affordable, and there are. All different kinds, from those that have uh, valet service at the door. That's not the service the church provides. Uh, uh, Lutheran Services has always been more that uh, Chevrolet model. We want to serve as many people as we can. Uh, but there are all those different uh, options out there in the uh, in the community. Uh, but also uh, for folks that haven't been able to save as much or um, have suffered a financial setback later in life and, and just don't have the resources. You know, there are some very, very nice uh, HUD and, uh, and other subsidized community Section 8 housing uh, that uh, uh, for, uh, you know, congregate housing for folks. Again, I, I, I have to talk about Lutheran Services because it's all I know, uh, really. But uh, Luther House uh, is a 50-apartment uh, complex over behind St. Andrew's Lutheran Church right there beside Lenorine College that we partnered with uh, two Lutheran churches 30, about 35 years ago. To start uh, to to start that organization, and so it's a it's a little hood two hundred two project. So it's uh, subsidized rent uh, mm-hmm. for folks that maybe didn't save up enough uh, money mm-hmm. along the line. But you can really find about any um, price level from from folks that really don't have much resources up to a full blown CCRC in about any community that you mm-hmm. uh, that you're uh, living in these days. Um, and uh, and then you know I also uh, would throw a pitch in there to consider long term care insurance just as something else for people to look at and decide whether they uh, whether it's for them and it's not for everybody. Um, I, I was always told that if you if you have enough money you don't need it. 
If you don't have any money, you don't need it because the government's going to take care of it on one end and you've got the money to do it on the other. But that large swath of people in the middle, that includes me, and, and uh, my wife and I did this uh, uh, a number of years ago. We went ahead and, and, again, because of my work and seeing this every day, and, and I want to live where I want to live, you know, when that time comes. Uh, so we went ahead and, and, uh, and bought the long-term care insurance because down the road, uh, it, if and when I need that kind of, uh, that kind of services, uh, I, I want to be able to make my own choices uh, down the road, not to have the government or somebody else making choices mm-hmm. for me. Uh, I know one of the, the misconceptions that we hear a lot is about Medicare and Medicare paying for nursing homes. Tell us about that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, I should have mentioned it. Uh, and I'll hit Medicare and Medicaid very quickly. Medicare pays for very, very little in long-term care uh, and only in the skilled nursing setting. And it's only for things that are very short-term, rehab, and back home. Um, So uh, that 83-year-old that fractures the hip and goes into the hospital and and everything has changed because Medicare is changing also, um, it used to be that we might get 50 or 70 days. You could get up to 100, but nobody got 100 days in Medicare. It just didn't happen. But you might get 50 or 70 days to rehab that person uh, and get them strong and get them back uh, to their home. And, and so Medicare might pay that up to that 70 days. Today, it's probably more like 20 days. So you're coming, and in a lot of cases, it might be 10 or 12 days. But Medicare is now saying they're coming out of the hospital on day one or day two after surgery. You're, um, you're putting them in a skilled nursing facility, and we want them home in 10 days. Now, I think, unfortunately, the government pendulum has swung too far that way because then you're starting to send people home that aren't ready. And then shock, then they come back because they, they, they had a setback because they weren't strong enough, they hadn't had quite enough therapy, uh, they, they hadn't had quite enough help, uh, and just that post-surgery time. But we're, we're really in a 10 to 20 days. So that's all Medicare will pay for. And that's really important for family members to know. And, and, and again, I'll just give a, a personal example of my father having a stroke in the hospital for seven days, moved into skilled nursing. Although I was aware that Medicare did not fund long-term, trying to scramble together to identify fin- financial and housing options in a 20 to 30 day period is next to impossible. That is absolutely right. So knowing your family's finances intimately, as difficult as it is, I think with our, our generation of parents to talk about those issues, it is really essential to know to the penny how their assets are set up. Mm-hmm. And, and people come in, uh, sadly, and say, I want my 100 days, and because that's, what, that, that's the maximum allowed by Medicare. But uh, nobody gets that 100 days. So when, when all of a sudden they only get five days or 10 days, it's a real shock uh, and, and, and a lot of hard feelings because they're looking at the skilled nursing facility saying, why won't you give me my days? And, and all we're doing is following the, you know, unfortunately having to follow the government guidelines that, uh, that say that's all, that's all we can do. This is, this is it. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about Medicaid. And, and Medicaid is the one that, again, uh, the, the other side of that, the Medicaid program is designed for people that have run out of money. Uh, so you can have very limited resources still to your name, 
and and then you qualify for Medicaid and you do that through the Department of Social Services and they are wonderful to help people uh, uh, now across the country uh, to help people get the services that they need and, and deserve. Uh, but once you are uh, approved for Medicaid, then uh, uh, skilled nursing facilities would admit you and the government basically is paying most of your bill. You might have to pay part of your Social Security check toward that, uh, toward that bill, but then the government's picking up and paying the rest up to whatever they decide is the is the amount they're going to pay. But that's only skilled care, not assisted living? Uh, well, the Medicaid program is only for skilled nursing. Now, there is another program, uh, uh, Supplemental uh, Security uh, Income, I think it is, SSI, that is a, a county-state program that will pay in assisted living. Uh, but the Medicaid, the state Medicaid program is a federal-state partnership that uh, that will only serve uh, on the on the skilled nursing side, and and I think would do some home health and things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, and the other thing I think it's important for adult children to consider is Medicare allows people to easily navigate from state to state, whereas Medicaid does not. Medicaid is very much state-governed, so moving a family member on Medicaid to another state is also a difficult decision and one that is best done before the person is eligible for Medicaid. So we could do a whole probably two- or three-hour session on finances, but just to kind of summarize, we might be talking about private pay where people are actually paying their own way. There might be some assistance from Medicare for short term services. Uh, People might be looking at long-term care insurance if they were fortunate and um, planful enough to have that. There might also be reverse mortgages if people have equity in their homes and choose to uh, live at home and live in in, uh, age in place. And then Medicaid would be an option uh, if a person has depleted all of their their financial resources. So in many cases, an individual might actually be putting together a, a, a quilt of all of those things throughout their journey. Need life. Any, any other financial things that I might have left out? Not that I can think of, and you said that a lot better than I did. Not at all. I was just summarizing what you said to make sure that I understood as I, as I make that journey. Um, where can people go other than this wonderful podcast and our website for more information as they start to begin to learn more about resources for housing in their communities? Uh, a, a few things that uh, just popped to mind because, again, there are so many resources out there. Um, uh, you know, the Department of Social Services, I mentioned, is just, uh, when I started, again, uh, 34 years ago, it was like the, the, the resources were hidden away and you couldn't find them. Now, those people are out there helping you uh, get what you need. Uh, so it's a very much more customer-friendly uh, 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 way of doing business. And, uh, and again, I think that's something that, uh, that we've seen a lot of good public servants that have made that happen. Uh, across the country in, in, uh, in departments of social services, but very helpful. Uh, our area agency on aging um, has just a tremendous number of resources. Always a good place uh, to start for any information. It, it right. is. And, you know, um, if, if you just type in anything along those lines uh, on, on a computer uh, in, in Google, you will find just a, a plethora of, um, of resources that are available. I mentioned our 800 helping number, um, and, and we use the same resources. I mean, we might be sitting at our computer, uh, but, uh, but to link people uh, with those same resources, uh, uh, but certainly uh, that's uh, uh, an opportunity also. Uh, and um, 
and uh, and then I like uh, I think uh, most communities have uh, uh, it, it, some group that does uh, an, an aging uh, referral service uh, group, uh, and again you'd find those online also, and and would, would be able to get connected to all the community resources in whatever community you live in. I'm beginning to become more and more aware of the number of churches or denominations that also are really providing all kinds of resources. Um, So even going to to your worship center may may be another avenue. That is absolutely true because uh, all all our churches have woke uh, awakened and look out in the congregation and see all of our gray hair, uh, my gray hair, and uh, and so they are they are starting to to respond to the needs of their parishioners right. uh, and mm-hmm. and and becoming experts in uh, in in some of these issues. Right, right. Good point. You have given us tons of wonderful information, Ted. Are there any final words or words of wisdom that you would want to leave with our listeners? Uh, the only thing, I, again, kind of getting back to the to uh, some of my first uh, first comments about uh, person centered care. You know, I, I just leave you with the concept that I, I've just fallen in love with of elderhood. Uh, that uh, that you know, aging is a state of mind uh, for all of us, for those that are aging, and for and for younger people too. But um, you know, we can learn from our village elders. I, I, I toured a. Um, uh, 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 set up Polynesian village one time, and right in the middle of the village was the was the thatched roof shack, and that's where the elders stayed during the day. Mm. It's also where the children stayed during the day. So when the mamas were out doing their thing and the daddies were out doing their thing, the elders kept the children, and that way they learned. The children learned from their elders. And the elders had a place of importance in the middle of the, and, and it was the uh, next to the chief's hut. It was right in the middle of the village. And I just thought that said a lot about their society and maybe where our society has kind of gotten off track a little bit. So I like to think that, you know, every one of us, and, and, and we're all elders in one way or the other, that we all have worth, we all have value, and we all have a place, and we all have things that we can contribute. Uh, and uh, and so I would just leave you with that thought of of elderhood and, and the opportunity for all of us to continue in community together, no matter where we are on that journey. What wonderful words to to end with. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you, Ed. Thank you for everything that you've done, for your excellent and practical guidance here. I think you've given us uh, a lot of uh, strategies to begin the research process as we think about housing. And I also want to thank our listeners for listening to the caregiver community. Francis and I hope you've enjoyed, but more importantly, we hope you've learned something today about caring for aging parents and their housing needs. The program you're listening to is part of the MESH network of online shows and podcasts. You may learn more about MESH and check out the other programs available for free at www.themesh.tv. On that site, you may also send Francis and I a button, uh, send us a question or a recommendation for future show topics using the Contact Us button. 
We also encourage you to find us on Apple iTunes, where you may subscribe to our show and then make sure that you receive all future podcasts sent to you automatically. You'll find a link to the MeSH website on our ACAP community website to subscribe as well. Francis, can you tell people where they can go for more information about ACAP community? Sure. For more information about ACAP Community, you can simply visit us at www.acapcommunity.org. That's ACAP as in adult children of aging parents. So acapcommunity.org. Or you can call us toll-free at 877-599-ACAP or 877-599-2227. Or you can even email us at info at acapcommunity.org. Ted, thank you so very much for being with us. This has been a great podcast. And we thank you all for listening. And we hope you will continue to come to the website and uh, visit us at the website and even learn about more of the podcasts that we have specifically for adult children of aging parents. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.